0: Bless the name of the Lord.
1: We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. You are Lord our God. You are the Messiah, you are Lord our God, you are the Messiah. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you are Lord our God you are the Messiah you are Lord our God you are the Messiah Lord you are Lord our God you are the Messiah You are Lord our God You are the Messiah We give you glory Lord As we honor you We give you glory Lord As we honor you You are Lord You are the Messiah. You are Lord our God. You are the Messiah. Lord, you are Lord our God. You are the Messiah. You are Lord our God. Father thank you We bless you We worship you
0: Even as you continue to speak to us On how to face the setbacks in life And how to recover from them And still get to the place That you intended for our
1: lives We want to pray today In Jesus name That in the time that we have, Lord, you speak to us. Take the glory and take the honor. We bless you. We worship you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. It's great to see all of you in church uh, this morning.
0: And uh, we continue with our series on how to face setbacks in life today i will not uh, take quite a lot of time i'll just speak on a few issues and then from next sunday we continue to look at uh, the the points and that we can apply in our lives as we begin to recover from the setbacks in life and we'll take each of those points That we cover from next Sunday to the end of the year and pray about each and every point that we have. Trusting God that as we come into 2021, the Lord would have given us a word that we can use and stand on as we go into the next year. We know 2020 has been a challenging year. It's been very hard for quite a lot of people uh, in business, in our careers. Uh, And uh, I was uh, following up something yesterday that was basically saying that uh, because of COVID-19, a hotel just had to close down and everybody had to be sent back home. And you begin to think about such kind of people uh, going through a time of frustration, a time of pain, and sometimes you begin to think, Will the Lord come through for us that we can recover? But I want to tell you, good times will come, you will recover all, and nothing shall be lost. Amen? So we continue to look at the life of David, but uh, today what I will do is I will just go to one thing. we will refer to David, but I I will talk something a bit more About Jeremiah and the children of Israel. So I want us to go to the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. We are going to look at verse 1 all the way to verse 12. Basically we are looking at a setback has happened. And you need to start again. I want to say with all honesty here that starting again is not easy in life. But sometimes, as things happen in life, we have no choice but to start again. If you followed something that I posted on Facebook, I say sometimes people go to prison. They come out of prison. And to try to pull themselves together and start again in life is not easy. Sometimes you go into debt not because you plan to go into debt. But just because things didn't work the way you hoped they were going to work out. And the bank is calling you all the time. And you know within your heart of hearts that it's not in your nature to cheat. But the bank is calling and you need to pay off that debt. How do you start again? Sometimes you find people they go into drugs and they hear one word of God and their life is in a mess. And everybody has written them off. And they find it so hard to even walk into a church because they think everyone else is just going to accuse them. How do you start again? And whether we lie it or not, in church, people do fall into adultery. I've counseled people who say, Pastor, I really don't know what happened. Sometimes it's because the husband was cheating on them and they want to pay back. How do you start again? Sometimes maybe the wife is the one that was cheating on you and you feel they caused me this much pain. I'm going to pay them back. And my answer is don't. Don't, just don't. But if these things happen in a church, how do you start again? Sometimes people try to go into alcohol. I've I've seen people have said, you know what, I I messed up. Things were not just working and I just, I I, I don't know, but I, I, I was passing by the place and then a song was singing and then I passed by and then lo and behold, I had taken 20. And pastor, I'm feeling so much guilt. How do I start again? And the children were speaking even this morning about rejection. If there is one thing that is really, really painful in life is rejection. How do you start again after you've been rejected? After you've been so frustrated? After you've been divorced? You had hoped, you you put all your hopes on that marriage. and and, And sometimes the way things happen is like this. You kept yourself pure all your life. You get married to this one man and this one woman and they treat you as garbage. They treat you as rubbish. And you've suffered so much divorce. You had the wedding of the year. And the wedding of the year does not last even for one month. How do you start again? You trusted this young man. You, You believe that this is a young man that you're going to get married to. This is a young woman that you're going to get married to. And... You had an engagement and the date of the wedding was set. And you prepared for everything. You even bought the dress from China. And then they tell you, I've changed my mind. How do you start again? So these things, they happen in church. What I want to say this morning is, God is able to help us to start again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is able to help us start again. Because these things happen. Jeremiah chapter 18. Verse 1 to 12. I want us to look at something that God spoke to Jeremiah. And then we'll go to our case study. With the life of David. Some of the things I'll just refer to them. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the porter's house, and there I'll cause you to hear my words. Then he went down to the porter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the porter. So he made it again into another verse, as it seemed good to the porter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this porter, says the Lord, look at the clay, look as the clay is in the porter's hand, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore, Speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem saying that says the Lord behold I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you retain now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good and they said that is hopeless so we will walk according to our own plans And we will, everyone, obey the dictates of his evil heart. Amen. So, one day Jeremiah is minding his own business. And the Lord speaks to him. Jeremiah, stand up and go to the porter's house. And when you get to the porter's house, right there, I'm going to make you hear my words. So Jeremiah gets there, as we see, and he finds the porter busy making a vessel. But the Bible tells us that the vessel which this porter was working on, he had not yet finished making the vessel that he was trying to make. And in the process of time, this vessel that was work in progress gets marred, gets destroyed. The Bible tells us the porter decided that he would still go ahead and make another vessel. And then God speaks to him. and says, can I not do with you as this porter. And I think that's a question that God wants us to look at this morning. God not do with you as the porter did with the clay. What you begin to see immediately from that verse. Is that uh, from this scripture that we are reading. Is that our lives are works in progress. Amen. Amen. And I would like to say that the stage where you are in your life right now is exactly the stage where you needed to be at this point in time. Amen. Because sometimes we do not understand what is going on in our lives. But actually where we are right now is exactly where God in his plans concerning our lives we needed to be. And we haven't reached the end yet. We are still a work in progress. So all of us are a work in progress. There are some things that we want to be somewhere right now. And they are not there. And I I, I don't want to sound here today as if I, I, I have been the strong Christian. I think the only one that has been strong has been the God whom I serve. But there have been moments when I have felt up giving up. And and not just giving up on work, not giving up on business, not giving up on my marriage, not giving up on my children, not giving up on, on, on all these things that people give up but sometimes giving up on life. Until God speaks, but you know what my son, you are still a work in progress and some of the mistakes you have made in your life are actually for your good. Hallelujah. God is not yet finished with you. And I want you to understand, because God is not yet finished with you, don't cancel yourself before God finishes with you. Because the challenge that we have is that people cancel themselves out before God is done with them. As we see in verse 4, The vessel that he makes is marred in the hands of the porter. And and that's just a sign that things can go wrong with our lives. I, I want you to know, things do not always go well with believers. Things go wrong with believers. The hope that a lot of people had when we were starting 2020. And, 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 and it's amazing that in church we have con- continued saying this is the year of shining sometimes you almost want to say what, what is shining here and you can begin to think did God lie but you know what in God's purposes this remains the year of shining shining Things can go wrong with our lives. And and I want you to know that some of the things that can go wrong with our lives can be very disastrous. There are things that can cripple your mental strength for life. I I, I was with COVID-19. There was a time, I think there was just a mention of suicide, 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 suicide door, suicide in that place, suicide in that place, is because some of the things that happen in our lives as children of God are things that can cripple your mental strength. Amen? But we thank God for one thing. That God is able to redesign our lives. The Bible says, this porter doesn't give up. In that verse 4, He says... So he made it again into another verse. as it seemed good to the porter to make. You know what? One day, God will surely make good of your life. As he intended at the time and day when you were conceived in your mother's womb. You better give God a chance. Hallelujah. God is not limited in options. And God is not limited in opportunities. The God we serve is a God who can redesign our lives. And I thank God because the children put it very, very well. Says no matter what happens, as long as you trust in the Lord, you will not be put to shame. Do we suffer shame? Yes. But at the end of the day, when our story is told, it will be said they went through things, but they were never put to shame. Because God came through for them. Hallelujah. God is able to redesign. And I I love it. Because we will not be the first ones that God is going to be able to redesign. He did it with Adam and Eve. First man, first woman on planet earth. The epitome of his creation. Things go haywire. Adam and Eve. Forget about Cain and Abel. Adam and Eve. The very first one. The very first man. And the very first woman on planet earth. When they sinned. The clay was marred in God's hands. But I want you to see what God says. As you go on to chapter 3 of Genesis. He says. The seed of the woman. Shall bruise the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman. So God begins to tell them. If a nation does this, and they repent, and then I'm going to do this. That basically tells you that if we truly repent, and as children of God, it should not be a thing that we struggle to repent. Because when we truly repent, God starts afresh with us. Nothing in our lives is set in concrete. Because even concrete, sometimes they break it down. Nothing in our lives is set in concrete. Things change with time. I was looking at some of the children today. Eight years ago, their mothers were changing them diapers in the corridor of Bridgeview Hotel. And, and you think, Pastor, is going crazy. But today I look at their chest and I'm saying, what is happening to our babies? Because some of them are turning into young women. And, and they're growing right in front of our eyes. But that just tells you things change with time. The challenge is when you get stuck in life, when you get stuck in life, you begin to feel like you have reached the dead end and nothing can be changed. And what I want to do this morning, as we continue to look at the story of David, is that please don't get stuck in life. So what exactly went wrong in the story that we are looking at? The vessel that was made of clay, the Bible says was marred in the hand of the porter. Now, when you go to First Corinthians chapter 15, 47 to 49, and Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it actually tells us that we were made of clay. And I want you to see that what got marred is not the porter, it is the clay. The clay is the one that gets. The porter doesn't get marred. The fact that you are in God's hands... Does not mean... That things can go wrong. Somebody tell me amen. The fact that you are in God's hands... Like two weeks ago I said... You can be so close to God... And be so close to trouble. The fact that you are in God's hands does not mean that things can't go wrong with your life does not mean things can't go wrong with your business does not mean things can't go wrong with your marriage does not mean things can't go wrong with your children does not mean things can go wrong in your workplace even believers get sucked from work. Even believers get retrenched. Hallelujah. But the challenge is that after the retrenchment, after the marriage is gone, after the church is gone, after the business is gone, after everything is gone, you can get stuck in life and get and reach what you may call a dead end when it is not a dead end. Because God has not yet run out of the opportunities concerning your life. Hallelujah. How can things go wrong? I'll start with the first story about David. Let's go to 2 Samuel and then I'll come back to Jeremiah. This one I was planning not to read, but let me read it. Second Samuel. And, and, and please, let me encourage you one thing. I know, I know sometimes we miss church and then we come back and then after two weeks... And then we find that we are still talking about what we are talking. But but if I can make a request, can can we attend church together till the end of the year? Because it's something that there are things that we really need to pray about. Second Samuel chapter eleven. We have looked at the life of David. Everything else that went on in his life. He's running away from Saul. He's pretending to be mad. He's going to stay with Akish. One year, four months. From there, looks like life is getting back to normal. Ziklag is burned. And then people are thinking about stoning David. He strengthens himself in the Lord his God. The Lord tells him, go pursue the Amalekites. He recovers all. He comes back. He gets a gives shares with the people the people realize this is the kind of guy that we can make king David himself realizes yes I'm now going towards my kingship and truly he becomes king of of Judah later on he becomes king of Israel 2nd Samuel chapter 11 verse 1 it happened in the spring of the year at the time when the kings go out battle. And I want you to take note of that. At the time of the year when kings go to battle. At the time of the year when KICC goes into fasting. It happened. At the time of the year when the pastor was saying, we need all to come together and pray and fast. At the time of the year when he said, let us meet every day church and pray together. At the time of the year when they said, meet in your home cell and pray together. It happened. Let's carry on. That David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon. And besieged Rabba. But David remained at Jerusalem. At the time when kings are supposed to go to battle. He stays in Jerusalem. And you know. He ended up seeing things that he was not supposed to see. Because all of a sudden. When you have nothing going on. And you think you have got all the time in your hands. You go and stand on top of the palace. And you end up seeing women bathing in the river. And that's exactly what happens to David. David ends up seeing Bathsheba. First thing, and and whether you like it or not, David had hormones, so the hormones came to life, and he goes like, "Who is that woman? Who 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 is she? Who is she? No, it was the time you needed to go to battle. No, 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 no. Who is she? So he sends for men, they go get Bathsheba, and David commits adultery. And it's shocking what happens after David commits adultery. God says, you know what? Because of what you have done, because of what you've done, the sword will not depart from your house. So, how can things go wrong? Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes the setbacks we suffer in life, it's because of conflict of intentions. The porter had an intention. God has an intention with your life. For the porter, it was to make a vessel out of the clay, but the clay had its own nature. God has intentions with your life, but you have your own nature. Nature. All of us as human beings have got a will. And it is that will. That makes us unique. And the beautiful thing about the will. Is that it is not controlled like traffic lights. God never controls our will like traffic lights. Because that's what makes us unique as human beings. Jesus had a similar opportunity in the garden of Gethsemane. And he tells the father and says, "Lord, I, I know we discussed about this before I came down on planet Earth, but Lord, this cup, this cup, please, I am begging, let it meet us, let it, let, let, let it pass me. By. And and the Bible tells us angels had to come and encourage him. And I want you to know the place where angels come and encourage you is in the place of prayer. Amen. And Jesus surrenders his will to the Father. And he tells the Father, not my will, but your will be done. And I want us to understand and know that you have a choice. But God will not force you to do something. What God does is that he only advises. All the scriptures that we read in the Bible, it's advice, advice, advice. And I want you, you follow the advice that is in the Bible, you will not go wrong. Even when things go wrong, you will not go wrong. The Lord will come through for you. But at the end of the day, the choice is yours. Sometimes people advise you, you know what, these are red flags. Red flags, these ones. Please, I am begging you, these are red flags. Don't do it. And you go like, you know what, pastor, I know these are red flags. But I'll still do it. Only to come back right And that is called conflict of intentions. This investment. Don't put your money in this investment. This is a weeping investment. It cries as it is going with your money. Don't put your money in it. No, pastor. The way I heard about it. I heard that it is really working. So I need to put my money in this. No, don't eat. Let me speak the Malawian English. Don't eat. And you still go ahead. Only to come back crying. At the end of the day, the choice is yours. Don't treat your wife like this. Don't treat your husband like this. We can speak and speak and speak. But at the end of the day, the choice is yours. All we understand and know is that our intentions are different from God's intentions. And when we are not yielded to the guidance of the Lord, we end up causing trouble for ourselves. And we struggle with wrong habits. I I, I I'll tell you the truth. I'll speak it. I'll i speak up a few things. And and I think you're going to think, okay, Pastor, he's at it again. Some I'll t- I'll confess, sometimes I try to hold myself. I don't know why it just comes out of my mouth. But even be careful about the things you watch on TV. Honestly, as a believer, you cannot be sitting down and watching Big Brother. You know you end up doing what Big Brother is saying. You watch Grey Anatomy. You look for those ones whereby people are doing pornography. And, and, and you are a believer. And I'm saying, no, don't, 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 don't. Don't, your life is going to get messed up. Don't. And you should go ahead and do it. So we have got wrong habits. There are things that we say, "Ah, oh, no, no, but I'll, I'll still go ahead and do it," and we end up suffering a setback. Number two, the way we suffer a setback is like what we saw in the life of David. And the kids talked about John ten ten. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to do those three things. That's his threefold agenda. That's his three-fold mission. The devil is on planet earth to do three things. Number one, to steal. What is stealing? Stealing is illegally dispossessing somebody of his blessing. When somebody is carjacked, they have been illegally dispossessed of their blessing. When the things thieves come and break into your shop, they have illegally dispossessed you of your blessing. When they come and break into your house, they have illegally came uh, come to your house and illegally dispossessed or you of your blessing. Somebody else comes and cheats you and take away your husband and take away your wife, cheats you on you or with your wife or your husband. They are illegally dispossessing you of your blessing. That is the work of the devil. And many people, if we all look back. Who realize that there are so many things that have been stolen from us. One of the things that has been stolen from a lot of believers is their vision. A lot of believers, they have lost their vision. The devil came in, stole their vision. But I want you to understand and know: Don't give up on that vision. Stand with it. Keep going at it. Keep going at it. One day, one day, one day, the Lord will come through for you. Nothing comes easy in life. Sometimes it is even confidence. You used to be a confident young man. You used to be a confident young woman. Life has beaten you. And because life has beaten you, you stand before people. How are you? You used to look at people in the eyes. These days you look down. And sometimes, you know, you know life, life is crazy. life is crazy it's the same dress you can wear it's the same shoe you can wear it's the same it's the same trousers you can wear Sunday in Sunday out Monday in Monday out Tuesday in Tuesday out and and your confidence is gone there are people that their self-esteem, has been stolen. Their self-confidence is gone. Their joy is gone. No matter how they sing, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy is gone. You are a believer and you are no longer happy. The difficulty is not what happens to you, but how you pick yourself up after the difficulty has happened. That's where the challenge is. Sometimes the pain eats you so deep in your life that even your confidence is gone. You know, there, there, there have been moments when I've seen my children when they were young. They 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 go, they, they are putting their hand on the fire. You know, you can actually feel the pain in the heart. You you feel it. You feel it. The body feels the pain, and sometimes the pain goes so deep in your life that it begins to eat you up and when the pain begins to eat you up, your confidence is gone. And the challenge that's going to happen is this. You will get preoccupied working on things that they shouldn't go wrong and then you end up losing your vision. Because you can end up now trying to put All the strategies, the systems, the plans in your life to make sure. So, eh, okay, sorry, I'll digress. So you want to check the phone of your wife every day? You you want her to disclose the password? If you want to keep your password and because you want to be cheating, go ahead and die. But I'm not going to begin to fight with you to tell me your password. Because we agreed when we were getting married. That we are naked to each other. And I don't see the reason why I should begin to have a password and I'm locking my phone. All the time, if you really want to know that your wife, your husband is cheating you, one of the things they do is that they begin to put a, a password on their phone and they don't want to disclose it. They begin to make trips that are unnecessary. Every day they knock off late. Now I'm working late. I'm working late. I'm working late, I'm working late. They are the only ones who go to the lake. And, and sometimes they'll even come with a lipstick on their shirt and they'll tell you it's not what you think. What am I thinking? Sometimes they'll begin to come with some really... Um, you, they will come home with gifts that are very expensive. They'll come with some really amazing designer perfumes. They will come with some really amazing gifts. They are cheating you right in your sight. But you know what? If you want to cheat, go ahead and cheat. You die yourself. I'm not going to die with you. Because you begin fighting about passwords. What is your password? Let me check your phone. So now you get preoccupied, trying to make sure that nothing should go wrong, and in the end, you lose your vision. Number two, what the devil does is that the devil comes to kill. What is killing? Killing is to cut short your expectation and hope. I love the Bible. The Bible says your hope in the Lord will not be cut off. But what I know is that there are a lot of dead people walking, they only continue to exist. Confidence is gone, vision is gone. they are dead people, they are a ghost, and challenging enough is that when people become a ghost, they want everybody to become a ghost and what the third thing the devil does is he comes to destroy, he comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. What happens with distraction? distractions always brings you shame distractions always bring you. When you read a newspaper, and you read a story of someone, to you, it is a story. To the person mentioned, they have to live on. I I bumped into a friend the other day. Their name was on the front page. And we bumped into each other. And the person tells me, you know what, I was driving to work. And then all of a sudden, I see my name. I said, but how are you copying up if, if, if it wasn't for the grace. Now, that kind of thing. Imagine the children of this person have to go to school and they are ridiculed. And they have to go to the market and they are ridiculed. They have to go somewhere else and they are being pointed at. All I am saying is that life is not simple. That's all I'm saying. Life is not simple. Many times we don't care what happens to other people until it happens to us. Then it becomes, then now it becomes, oh no, 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 this one is hard. This is the reason why, even as a church, we need to stand with each other. Because I've seen people in church, when their husband is sick, their wife is sick, their child is sick, that's when now they remember the church. There are people in this church we have stood with When they suffered a huge setback in their lives and and people sacrificed and, and we stood with them and they came back and they said, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay here. And then tomorrow they were gone. And we say, God, we did it for your people. I know when people sometimes do things wrong, they have to be punished. But after the punishment, something has to be. In Jeremiah's story, we see that the porter is God. And the vessel is the life of somebody that God is working on. And that somebody is you and me. Many times when things go wrong in people's lives, people develop wrong attitudes. As we saw two weeks ago. And a lot of these attitudes must be avoided. Attitude number one, people turn away from God. I, I get amazed. Somebody messes up. Somebody's business is not going well. Somebody's marriage is on the rocks. Things are not going the way they thought they would work. And the first decision they make, turn away from God. They stop coming to church. They throw away the Bible. Only to realize that in life... You go back and pick up the Bible again. Because your answer is in the Bible. And I want you to know. Answers to life are in the Bible. So I get shocked. I haven't seen you in church for a long time. Pastor life is hard. Okay. But so where do you think you find the solution? I know pastor life is hard. Life is hard. I, I, I can't. Life is hard. Sometimes when people go wrong, things go wrong, what people do is that. The second thing they do is they begin to play the blame game. That's exactly what the people did in 1 Samuel chapter 30. This trouble we are in is because of this man who wants to be a king someday. Why didn't he just stay in the bush and be taking care of the sheep? And now look, look at what Saul is doing to us. So the people decide we are going to stone David. People begin to play the blame game. Others who blame their husband, others who blame their wife, others who blame their business partner, others who blame their boss, others who blame their children, the children who blame their parents. the parents, the church will blame the pastor, the pastor will blame the church members. Yeah, and, and, and there's just a game called blame game. And the most mistake we do, the biggest mistake we do is we begin to tell everybody our blame story. Even even do you know what she did to me? Do you know what he did? There's a, there's a preacher, his name is Jim Becker. Jim Becker, things happened in life. In his life, he wrote a book called I Was Wrong. And his wife wrote a, a book, My Side of the Story. There, there are certain times in life. That people may indeed, true, 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 true. They may be wrong, but don't play the blame game. Because what the blame game does is that, number one, it will kill you and you take away your vision. And and, and, and let me not speak as if I've never played the blame game. I have played it, but I know what it has ended up landing me into. The problem doesn't go away. You end up losing your vision. You end up losing your confidence. I can assure you, sometimes women who have gone through divorce, they will keep on telling their children the wrong things their fathers do. Now, the pain comes in at a point when the child has turned 18 and they still want to go back to their father. There was a time When my parents' marriage was on the rocks, my dad had married a second wife. And my late mom had gone to a witch doctor. The witch doctor gave her medicine. And the medicine needed to be taken to the second wife's home. And the boy that was sent on the errand was Macduff. So, you end up bringing your children into the battles that are going on between your husband and yourself. God being God. You know, God being God. So, my mom passed on. And the only parent that remained is dad. So, now, everybody in our our family, we just love dad. But dad one day wanted to die, Macduff one day wanted dad dead. The second marriage didn't survive anyway. But what I'm saying is that you do these things. You bring in the children into into the battles. You bring them into the battles. You bring them into the battles. Please don't lose your vision. Maybe that man wasn't good for you after all. Maybe that woman wasn't good for you after all. You are much, much better than them. So if God has given you another chance, wake on that marriage and make it the best marriage ever. Let God give you 1,000 times more joy. Don't go back and keep on talking about, eh, obubu. every time you're talking about the ex-husband and the ex-wife and the ex-business partner, pick your life and move on. Move on. Will you have some trouble? Yes, you will. But work things out and move on. Don't lose the vision. Hallelujah. Don't play the blame game. It will kill you. I don't want you dead. It will kill you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My nephew is smiling at uncle. Sometimes people pretend that everything is all right. And this one is the facade. They pretend everything is all right. You ask them, how are you? I'm fine. And yet they're being eaten up inside. And yet they know they're lying. And yet they know they're deeply eaten up inside. Open up. Actually, actually, I think the way we greet each other, how are you? I'm fine. I think it's wrong. And then you meet pastor pastor, pastor. pastor keeps on saying what? Blessed and highly favored. Blessed. How are you, Pastor Macduff? Blessed. It's true, I am blessed, but I'm really going through some things. I'm really going through some things. And number four is that people begin to look for substitutes. Sometimes people go to look for substitutes. And the substitutes include drinking, drugs, A girlfriend, a boyfriend, you're married and then you have a concubine, it's a substitute. The funny thing with substitutes is that the substitutes seem to satisfy your life, but they don't have substance. The only way is deal with the issue. If you have been caught up in debt, deal with the issue. The challenge a lot of people do when they are in debt, they begin to stop answering people's phone calls. Answer the call. Tell them the truth. Things are hard. I have not forgotten. I will sort it out. And when you want to pay debts, begin by sorting out the small, small debts before you tackle the big ones. Sort out the small, small ones. Most of the times it's the people with the small, small debts that make you have sleepless nights. The people with the big, big debts, they understand somehow. And when the money has come, you have 500 kwacha. Go pay 20,000 there, 30,000 there, 50,000 there, 80,000 there. Let the people see that you are taking action you haven't forgotten. That's not the time to begin to think about eating sausage. Put it on a side. Eat beans and bonongue for some time. Hallelujah. Don't begin to create stories. No, no, no. Don't begin to say kungoti. Pay the small, small debts. Hallelujah. Deal with the issue. Because if you keep on holding to the counterfeit, God is not going to give you the reality. Counterfeits mess up your life. And to the young people I will say. There are things you do as a young person. And funny enough you keep on putting it on Facebook. And what I am going to say is that. These things they follow you for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Of course, God is a healer. And he will heal you. But the world we live in is a very unforgiving world. Don't put everything on Facebook. Don't leave the facade. I've seen people who put Pictures on Facebook as if their marriage is really, really going great when they just beat each other last night. And you lost your tooth. And you say, my hubby and I, who are you lying to? And, and they put that car, which they have bought with their loan on Facebook. I say, God has been good to me. Some of these things. Don't, don't just put everything on Facebook. Church, I... And one of the things... Church, I will tell you... One of the things... Please, please listen to me. Don't put pictures of your babies on Facebook. You invite some... People... Who will abuse your children. Look at how beautiful my child is. She goes to Bishop Mackenzie. She goes to Chera. She goes to Paramount. And, and she knocks off at 11. And the number of my driver is this one. My driver Joe is the one that goes to pick her up. They will kidnap your child. They will kidnap your child. Amen? Let me finish. Let me finish. So what does God do when we go into a mess? And we'll continue from there next, uh, next week. Number one, he still holds us in his hands. Irrespective of all things. Maybe something about your character brought you shame. You, but you're still in God's hands. Amen? 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 You may never acknowledge God. You may never serve God. You may even abandon God. But one thing about God, he still holds us in his hands. The children sang and say, Is God, the whole world in his hands. Amen? He still holds us in his hands. Number two, what God does is that he continues to speak to us. And, and what I want you to know, church, is this. You will never run away from God's voice. Because on a day when you thought uh, today I will tune off when pastor is preaching, the children speak. You will never ever run away from God's voice. Never. It will not happen. Why? Because God has a contract with your life and the contract reads never to leave you nor forsake you. That's the way the contract reads. Number three. God begins to show us what we can do with our lives. As God continues to speak to you, He will show you the plan that He has for your life. In Isaiah 3021, our last scripture, this is what the Bible says. Isaiah 3021. Let's read it together. If you find it, please, let's read it together. Isaiah 3021. And then I'll close. Isaiah thirty twenty one. Let's 1, to 3 go. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. God continues to speak. And the reason why he speaks is because he wants to show you a plan. And next week... We are now going to begin to look at step by step. And each one of those steps, we are going to pray about those steps. That we can come out of this setback. But my last words, before I close with a word of prayer. Is that when God restores, he gives double. He did it to job. He's going to do it in your life. And one of the things that will happen in your life is that you will bounce back again. And that will happen. And next week, we begin to pray about these seven steps. And may the Lord help us to bounce back in life and take back our life. I will talk to you about some practical things that you can do that can help you to bounce back in life. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank and bless you this morning. We give you glory. Lord, life is not easy. Life is hard. And some things that happen in our lives are things that can cripple us. Our mental strength is gone. Our energy is gone. But this morning we say, we give you glory. For you are the Lord our God. You are the Messiah. You will make us to bounce back again. And we will recover all. We choose today not to lose our vision. We choose today not to give up on life. We choose today not to surrender. God, it's not over until we win. Or until you say it's over. We bless your name. We worship you. We give you the glory. Strengthen us, oh God. Give us courage once again. Let us bounce back. Let us take back our life. We may have made mistakes. Because of our conflict of intentions. But Lord forgive us. Help us oh Lord. For we want when everything has been said and done. It shall be said. We were never put to shame for the Lord our God is mighty Lord the only thing we trust and stand on is Jesus' blood and his righteousness and because you say we are righteous we walk out of this service today knowing that we are righteous
1: we thank you, we bless you in Jesus name, Amen Hallelujah we bless the name of the Lord. Thank you uh, for this morning. And
0: uh, it's time for offering. I don't know, is it the